Clay, to start this one off, I have a kind of dumb anecdote that uh, might only make sense to me and Amy, my wife, because um, she has uh, she played basketball in high school, and mm. we, we laugh about this story where she was at some sort of like basketball game where they were traveling to some other school, and uh, they were in the middle of like an intense timeout with the, the game on the line and the coaches on his knees drawing up a, a plan on one of those little white erase board <laughs> basketball things where you uh, break out what you're going to do. And she said that on the other side of the gym, there were this group of um, fencers, like kids were fencing in competition, like the sword, the sword uh, stuff. Ooh, and fun. yeah, and she's like, it was interesting. And I'm like our coach was, our coach is just trying to get us to pay attention to this play that he's drawing up, but none of us had really seen <laughs> fencing and it looks incredible. So they're all kind of looking over him. And he's trying to explain to these girls like about the play they're going to do. And all of a sudden, she said, she said he snapped because the game is on the line. He snapped. He said, quit watching the damn sword fighters, <laughs> which me and her <laughs> always laugh about. And we say that in a variety of situations, which are not really particularly appropriate. But I felt the same way while watching this episode with mm. Elnor and the Borg Queen uh, having fisticuffs at it. And I felt so desperately that I just wanted to stop watching the damn sword fighters. You mean because everything else was more important and more riveting? No, no, just the broad sense that I wish I wished it was all over. I wished everything had just ended. Yeah. I wish that the the blue filter was pulled away and my eyes could could go to rest on something else. But yeah, here we are. I, um, I don't. What is what is this show? I'm not really sure. It's almost over. It's almost done. It is fascinating mm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it is a fascinating uh <clears throat> exercise in i would like to say storytelling narrative storytelling but uh <clears throat> it i feel like it's kind of barely passing that mark mm. at this point and um yeah i'm not really sure uh where to start with this let's start with the straight facts jack let's <laughs> this is called hide and seek it's the ninth episode of the second season, the penultimate episode of the second season of Star Trek Picard. It came out on April 28th, 2022, written by Matt Akumura and Chris Derrick, directed by Michael Weaver. In-universe date is 2024, 2310-ish. In this episode called Hide and Seek, Picard and his crew fight for their lives as they come under attack from the new incarnation of an old enemy. But to survive, Picard must first face the ghosts of his past, Seven and Raffi have a final showdown with Girati. Yep, another log line. Um, it's another one of the. I know it's not episodic, but it's another one that when they when when you read this in the future, you'll forget which episode this is because it's the log lines are so vague about what they are. Um, I don't know how I would. I would just say I would define this one as I'd say this is the one where they have a shootout on the chateau. That's the Picard episode that this one is. That's right. a better way to describe right. it, I think. So. And in- an embarrassing shootout. Why? Why are the mercenaries Borg? Great question. Why was um, that done? And like they, wh- they don't why? gain anything from being Borg. No, no. Uh, why are there fifty to seventy-five of them fighting four people and an old broken robot man with only one one gun? I think or two yeah, guns. Uh, between two the guns. Two of them. They've yeah. got two guns. Uh, then one of them gets shot and 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 zapped out of there. And um, how are they not killed in about 35 seconds? Like, it was, that whole set piece was 
just embarrassing. It was embarrassing. <laughs> for the production or for the mercenaries? You think? Both. Or both. Both. Yeah. yeah. I mean, as as far as like, you know, the mercenary comment card, not getting high marks on that one, I don't think. But it was just like production wise, it was it was laughable. My favorite sequence was when um, there's like a little pause and Spiner as Soong and Picard are yelling at each other. Like Spiner's out in the fields and he's talking to Picard. And honestly, they're talking about something which I wasn't really tracking, wasn't paying attention to. But I love that it ended. Soong has some line. He's like, well, let's just shoot him then. And the mercenaries like start shooting as he's sort of in frame with them. And yes. he, just, he walks off like as this gunfight yes. is going on. And it's like, this is... This is pretty awful. This is terrible. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's not great. No, it's um not great. I don't know. I don't know where to start with this one. I, I guess I always like to start off these Picard ones with a sort of mental frame of mind. Um I've pretty much given up. I mean, it's now like official. We're gonna, we're gonna lock you in the room. We're gonna <laughs> throw you in the room and then Alistair tw- seventy years from now is gonna <laughs> misremember. Man, that <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm gonna be all over the place with this. I am right too. Now, I, I I tried to make notes for this one. I don't really have any notes. Um, I'm kind of winging it, and it's probably gonna show. But it's I don't know. I, that okay. We may as well just start with the mother stuff then. I know that this was not the intended reaction for this show in the story that they were telling us. But when they revealed that his mother had hung himself, hung herself, I burst out laughing. Yeah, I laughed too. I could not believe it, and I could not believe <laughs> that that that's what we were driving towards. I mean, I had a sense that that was coming, but it, like, yeah, it's obvious. <clears throat> well, that's what's surprising about it is that it's so expected. You know, there's no shock to it whatsoever. Yeah, and like I'm not sure after nine episodes of this, what Picard is supposed to take away from this. It all just felt so much like he was. <laughs> it was like it was like trying to walk somewhere with your with you with a grandparent, and then they just keep stopping and just telling anecdotes about when they were kids. And it's like, okay, that's great, but we have to get to the bus stop before the bus leaves. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you know, fifty years ago, this used to be a candy store. It's like that's fantastic, Grandpa. Awesome, great, and it was. Like, after all that stuff played out, I just couldn't wrap my mind around, like, what the point of any of it was. And I'm sure it will play into some long speech he gives next episode or something. But even still, like, it was... I didn't find, like, he came away with anything meaningful other than just sort of being like, yeah, so... That's... Yep, that's... It was uh, unfortunate. Yeah, that was unfortunate. And, like... On top of that, his mother is like giving this plea to remember me as a, at my best, and I was just like, "You should, John Luke, when you remember me, please remember me as a battered wife, and not, and and please vilify your father." Like I, I don't, I just don't understand this stuff. It, I, I like, I don't know. It, yep. it was just it, what a awful, awful storyline. <laughs> <laughs> not yeah, to mention yeah. the fact i mean this is kind of again jumping around mm. they have this show has is su- supposedly about trauma and you spend all of your time on this story that ultimately doesn't really mean anything and really no who nobody gives a shit about when you have an actual character 
who has actual lived trauma in seven who is basically sidelined and then the the completion of her story arc up to this point is she is her life is saved by forcing her to relive the worst moment of her entire existence that has haunted her for her entire life yes but i don't understand but does something yes yeah, does something to the borg to lift them up raise their spirits or something i i think that um picard's mother's interesting just because it's such a predictable ending like there there was really no shock in any of that the most shocking thing is that it's a star trek show and it's like we're going to yes. get a full frame of his mother hanging from the neck uh in this and that'll be that but it doesn't as you're saying it does, i don't really know what this is supposed to be saying about picard or how far this carries with him or what mm-hmm. he's doing or uh, how they're trying to squeeze it into canon when he's had sort of delusions and daydreams of his mother before. And now to say that that's some kind of artificial memory that isn't really yeah. accurate I, about what it is. I don't know. I, I didn't know that his mother had appeared to him before on TNG. Yeah. And I was, I was very tickled to find out that they cover that in this episode yes. with like a throwaway line where he's like, sometimes I envision my mother as an old woman serving me tea. I'm yes. Like, oh, Okay, which I is a that's... which is the script uh, logline description of that scene that he sees his mother. Yeah, um, you know, I I think this comes back to my core thing is that I really felt during this episode I had to actively be mindful and remind myself that this is Jean Luc Picard. You know, like this character right, right. has a past, and because I watch the show and I don't really feel that way about him it feels just like it's old patrick stewart in some sort of sci-fi action adventure man he felt really old in this he's hobbling around trying to get around the chateau it's it's really um unfortunate um but it doesn't it's just the fact that none of this really seems to tie back to tng in any way which is which is almost a positive if you value tng because i don't i'm not i don't think i'm ever going to make a mental connection that this is the same character who does all those things. And it, right, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't really impact me when I go back to TNG, I don't think. And I will, I won't be thinking about Picard's mother hung uh, herself. It won't make any sense in the, yeah. uh, like the totality of his character, but I'm not going to think about it because I don't think that this really feels like Picard in any, any way. He's, he's just not, there's no core to his character that makes me feel like this is an older version of the TNG character and he's actually doing something with what that characterization was, drawn in, drawing it into this new show and this new series and actually doing something with it. I don't, I don't think there's anything there. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of um, on Doctor Who uh, last season, I think. I don't, I don't know what constitutes a season anymore with Doctor Who, but there was a big season-long arc that ended with um, basically kind of blowing up the entire concept of the show um, in a way that is was neither helpful nor satisfying. Yeah. And because that show is so kind of uh, inexorably linked to everything that came before it, you kind of can't – you kind of come away going like, oh, man, you just you just hobbled the whole thing. You know, it, 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 as long as this stays in canon, this feels it makes it less fun. Right. Luckily, I don't think that this show is tied to anything meaningful 
to the point where I that that should bother anybody. Yeah. Like <clears throat> I don't think I don't think watching the show and coming away going like, yeah, that was that was pretty bad is going to taint or or has to taint anything that came before it. No. You know, cuz it's you know, it's not like this uh they didn't go back and spend 10 episodes inside uh best of both worlds part one or something and, and right. ruin it they could have they, they could have sure linked, they could have linked sure. it so strongly to the original show which would probably be the show actually being better than what it is but if it, if it maintained this kind of storytelling could actually damage the character more than they they have for whatever that's worth or if it is worth anything at all but he, he just I, I, w- I was really struck by the fact that i had to remind myself that this character exists already in hours and hours and hours, hundreds of hours of on-screen time. And here it's just him being chased around in this like fantasy dungeon underneath his house looking for his mother. Um, And I don't know what else there is for him there. Um, Well, I mean... I I was kind of hoping that he was gonna uh, get to a point, and then Janeway was gonna show up and be like, "John Luke, what are you doing inside my hollow novel?" <laughs> Janeway gets a name drop here too. That's probably yeah, she does. Yeah, in a, in another very questionable storyline uh, storyline story by the at the eleventh hour decision to insert some kind of story that explains what Seven is thinking. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Here she. Uh, Janeway tells uh, Jane Seven says that she was never allowed to join Starfleet because she was a Borg. Uh, when I think someone on the Discord mentioned that Echeb in last season was in Starfleet and he was an ex Borg, so apparently it's not. Right. It's not. It's, and some, it's something about you, Seven, and Picard too. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it was that was, ugh, that was the worst kind of. We need to explain this quickly. Let's throw in some backstory dialogue. It was. Yeah. So that's ugh, why she joined was, the Rangers because even though Janeway vouched for her starfleet had some imaginary problem and didn't allow her to join up so (laughs) unbelievable um i don't know is this an episode that's better for like a bigger discussion there's so much wrong with this one uh i will say technically it's just incredibly stupid i will say i actually enjoyed some of the borg uh the borg queen and gerardi stuff a bit yeah. Um I I kind of I enjoyed their back and forth um until the end when they finally did it. They finally had one of these shows where they solve a problem by just being sad. Mm-hmm. That's literally the way that that Gerardi solves the problem is she's just really sad. Well, so we can I think that's the other big thing about this this one. Um I don't like the Gerardi and Borg stuff at all. I don't like any of the Borg stuff here, yeah. really, which is that uh, the Borg have basically been now redefined as their whole purpose for existence is because they just want to have friends. <laughs> yeah, the, the Borg queen has assimilated countless species because she's mad no one ever invited her to anything. Yeah, she she has a serious FOMO going on. And I mean... It's just so it's so antithetical to what the Borg represent, which I think is like their their original conception is far more interesting than anything that they've done since then. And this is another 
I don't even know how to react to this. It, it both completely undermines what the Borg are supposed to represent and makes them pathetic at the same yeah. time. <laughs> like, yeah. really pathetic. Not a, it's it's a it's a, it's almost like a it's like it's a childish viewpoint or something. Like, there's something more philosophically devastating about the Borg in that you lose yourself to this bigger thing that you have no that you're a small cog in the machine, that you don't mean anything to them, they will, but we're willing to sacrifice themselves or others uh, in the cause of the in the, the cause of like the greater good, which is noble in some way. But it, and it's also just like you you don't recover from what they take from you. It's the ultimate like undoing and like destruction of a soul, basically, is what the Borg mm. is supposed to represent. Right. And now it's just you. You were lonely. You didn't have any friends, and this is the way that you got around it. And the Borg doesn't even really give a good fight back to that point. She agrees with it, largely. Right, yeah. That's the thing that drives me nuts. I, like, if Gerardi was just making a metaphor for what she thought the Borg were doing, it's one thing, but she's she's defining the Borg origin story in a way that is completely bizarre. Yeah, um, I I really couldn't wrap my head around that one and to to have the solution be that what if we just assimilated people who need it yeah they want it they want it bad yeah (laughs) (laughs) let's let's all the lonely people in the world let's assimilate them and turn them into cyborg zombies (laughs) i oh man so i i have to read i have to read trek cores trek cores reviews have been Uh, kind of insane and this one was insane so I'll read what they wrote about the Borg through the prodding of Gerardi who is slowly being assimilated as the new Borg queen we can see the Borg for the first time being presented a new way instead of being the same old Borg you can read Borg as quote corporation or quote government hell bent on acquiring power and status they can alternatively turn their focus towards embracing the strength in people they've previously discarded as weak In Gerardi's vision, the Borg could be a real collective for the first time, a collective based not on assimilation, but salvation. Imagine the resources of the delusory organization ICE being used to help people so that they could contribute to a community for the benefit of everyone. Sounds like something pulled from the Federation Charter. If the producers of the show aren't making a direct correlation that ICE should be abolished and instead turned into a governmental arm designed to integrate people into new communities to help make something distinctive, beautiful, and better, then allow me to do it right now abolish ice put the resources <laughs> into communities to help them <laughs> oh boy i i don't it's a terrible review but i think that it's just a i i don't even see what they see as the benefit of this borg change here which is to turn this cy, cyborg killer race that takes things from you does this mean that the new borg don't speak as a collective or anything like that like what are they in that case I, they're, they're no longer borg <clears throat> right yeah th- there's some in- implication that for any of this to actually work or make sense it has to be like a uh here's here's the borg technology but you can keep your mind or something yeah and but, but what's the and at that like the whole point of the technology is to make them soulless like that's that's the right. that's why 7 despises it you know it's like the the pain that she went through uh, for that whole situation so if it's just a bunch of uh (laughs) 
<laughs> it's a bunch of like beta males and losers who want to join this friendship cult and then augment themselves and plug in. I I don't know. That's really weird. At that point, the Borg vagina ship at the start should have been like a heart shape or something like that <laughs> instead of what we ended up with. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. Um I uh what does that Borg shape represent at this point? It should represent something, but it's not. If that's the way that they're going to go, I just don't I don't understand. I don't know. I don't know. Like as as Gerardi was was making that appeal to the Borg to the queen there. I could kind of see the intention that this Trekcore reviewer is talking about. And even even at that moment i was like this is not the way to go with this you are this you are displaying the um naivete of of your position that so many people will attack you for in a way that is kind of embarrassing you no, know it's because it, yeah it's extremely embarrassing <clears throat> because like Sure. Yeah, I understand the uh, the idea here that maybe the Borg can be can be uh repurposed for good or something or <laughs> to help people. Okay, fine. Sure. But like this execution of it just is you know, it, it, it's like in it's like in Jason X when when <laughs> This is going to be a weird comparison to make. Yeah, well, it's like luckily, I've watched X. the movie for the Patreon. Yeah. yeah, I know. It's like in Jason X where the guy goes, it's okay. He just wanted his machete back. <laughs> you know? It, yeah, yeah. And it's just, it just feels so, you're right. It feels like, like if all of that dialogue had come from, um, what's her name? Uh, the doctor. Uh, uh, not Gerardi. No, no, the uh, the uh, Hispanic doctor. Oh, I, I forget her name. name, Teresa, right? Something like that. Yeah. If if it had all come from her son, I think it would have landed much easier because it is a very kind of childish outlook. Yeah, you're dealing with the Borg, and your your solution is, hey, I'm sad too. What if we just got a bunch of sad people and hung out? <laughs> And and made all of our lives better, and it's I. Well, it's uh, you're missing the mark here, guys. I mean, isn't the I can see a story where Gerardi is lonely, and the appeal of the collective starts to interest her in a way. You know, there's a there's a sense of belonging. I'm sure there is some kind of uh, personality that would think that, but I think in order to maintain the Borg, what Gerardi has to learn through that is that she has strength within herself outside of them you know there's like a yeah it's almost a lesson of like you don't need others a- approval or sort of buy-in in a way that you might think you do especially if it comes at such a cost as giving up your own soul to to join them you know that like right right this is not convincing them that because i'm sad i think that you're also sad and using that as an explanation for a species that has you know butchered billions and caused like untold untold suffering and everything it doesn't even really track because why 
does this mean that the Borg Queen just is unaware of what she's been doing and it only took Jurati at this point to realize that she's lonely? Why hasn't the Borg Queen been satiated to this point? Or like why discarding the people that they think is weak is what she was actually after the whole time? It's just, it's like metaphysical, emotional nonsense. I I don't understand it. There's no core to this that makes me go, this is how a real person would react to all of this stuff. Yeah, and I think I think a big part of it too is they're doing this with the wrong character. Because I and I think we kinda we were kind of speculating they were gonna do this last season. But if you put Seven in that position, Seven at least understands the Borg yeah. and is in a position where she has freed herself from the collective and freed herself from this horrible <clears throat> machine. And now going back into it has the the personal strength to see how to change the system kind of if you want to go that way right she's yeah. changing the system from inside if she becomes this new borg queen or maybe didn't even have to do that but like she can she has the wherewithal and the clout within this world to make it believable that she is now changing the intention of the borg and giving people these her, their lives back and stuff like that yeah instead of Girati, who's just talking out of her ass because she doesn't have anybody else to talk. Like, it's yeah, just, yeah. It, it carries no believable weight whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. I still, I'm still. And it's not like, is it, what? what is the satisfying character arc here supposed to be? That Jurati finally found a friend and now she's going to force everybody else to be her friend? Yeah, I think so. Right? And That's, she, she, uh, so she... This has to. She has to start the new collective that will move into the future timeline, right? Like the, she doesn't go. Jurati's going to live the four hundred years as the Borg Queen, correct? Probably, yeah. Yeah, she has to 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 then get to the end where the, I the man, Borg join the Federation you, at the end of yeah, the season. You're, you're trying to parse this out. I cannot wait to see how they try to wrap this shit up. <laughs> cannot wait. <laughs> Well, that's the other funny part of this Trekcore article. It says this could have been a satisfying season finale that would have left just a few threads left on day. <laughs> yeah, just a couple. <laughs> so they're watching a different uh, show. It's the the Carl Rove or whoever that quote about different realities or whatever. Um, Unbelievable. Yeah, I. The other, the, so the board will be interesting. We'll see where that whether or not that comes back to anything um this one i i I feel i feel i uh, i felt a lot of um artificial string pulling in this episode which seems to exist for the whole time a i was i was mostly surprised that there's no cue in this one when i would have almost bet my life that he would have made an appearance in this episode uh elnor's reappearance is like seems like it's contractually obligated they realized yeah. at the penultimate episode that the character is guaranteed at least a certain amount of episodes or something to appear in, and they stick them in here. Uh, none of this makes any sense because my whole my big issue here is why does Gerardi tell the Borg Queen that he has the code within him? And just great, great question. Just leave him alone. Like just also just let him go. Why do they? Sh- why are they shooting at him? I don't know. He's a hologram. <laughs> Well, they're Borg. They're not. They're not thinking clearly. 
Well, yeah, it, but I mean, the, the Borg Queen is controlling him. She is, but I guess <clears> she they, she know, understands how this shit works. And um, is the first contact that they try to assimilate the Borg, do, uh, the holographic Doctor, the EMH character, right? right. Yeah, so yeah. they just don't recognize him. Um, you know what else? She, <laughs> the the Elnor thing brings up an interesting element. I almost think they should have brought this holographic Elnor in earlier in the season. Sure. Because, for, for, yeah, for, for what purpose, be, I'll ask you. Because, like, <clears throat> the stupid shit with Gerardi is so bad, and they try to wrap it up here by having her tell her true feelings to a hologram. Do you mean Raffi has, or Gerardi? Sorry. I'm sorry, Raffi. Raffi. <clears throat> tell her true feelings to a hologram and then wrap it, and then have the hologram go... As I'm only a hologram, I <laughs> I can't really tell you exactly what's going on, but I, I do know that his final thoughts were of love and not of resentment. <laughs> and like I think I think there's there could have been something more interesting there if this hologram of Elnor had been around the whole season. Yeah. And so Rafi could have actually dealt with these things. Yep. Became attached to him even as a yeah. even as a hologram. Instead of instead of just offhandedly talking about it once every three episodes and you know squeezing it into these other thing storylines that they don't have room for yeah you know thematically ties into picard being a robot right you're starting to you're starting to talk to characters who are no longer what they once were um again you have to always remind yourself every episode that picard is a robot at this point but yeah like the the elnor thing it could have been something about that. You can say it's some sort of putting, you know, your, your regrets and the uh, the suffering that the characters have dealt with in the past is now being sort of brought back at them. It's the same as that Black Mirror episode where the husband dies and he's replaced oh, by the, yeah. the robot yeah, or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, man. Oh, so good. Just watch that episode instead. But like something along that's, those that ideas. That shit is devastating. Yes, it's a good one. <clears throat> um, but yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm talking about. That kind of vibe. Yeah, they don't. They don't do that uh also the holographic elnor has to open lockers which i thought was funny as he's doing is like pick up the guns and they're not impressive enough do the pulp fiction thing of then pick up the the, uh, the katana blade and yeah slicing people up yeah sure <laughs> yes <laughs> this is the most actiony of the episodes and boy i don't like new star trek action i just don't enjoy it uh give me scott bacula running down a hallway with a phaser <laughs> yeah. any day of the week i'm still <clears throat> i am so um like disappointed in the way that this show in particular i feel like they don't do it nearly as much on discovery at least from my memory but the way that this show treats human life (laughs) is just appalling (laughs) like especially especially that scene like not not only are they very uh nonchalantly just blowing away all these these guys um, even though i know they are borgs but you know whatever Mm. they're still they're still human to an extent and, They're but, but, creating uh, uh, a hell of a butterfly effect. In, in other yes, regards. I know, right? <laughs> uh, do you think? Do you think young Picard is going to be more scared by his mother hanging herself or running down into the Wolfenstein basement underneath the chateau yep. and seeing the mercenary sticking out of the walls? <laughs> um, but you've got you know they're just they're just murdering these people and you even have seven of nine of all people saying they're not humans they're borg because they yeah, yeah. that's the that's like the hand of the writer 
making it okay to kill these people. Yes. And it's a video game. They can be Nazis or aliens because it's okay to kill them. And coming from seven of nine of all people, it's just like that is a gross misunderstanding of of a lot of stuff. Seven's characterization is odd because I would say that the only the only strong thread of characterization that she's carried through this new show is that she hates the Borg. Like that's the, yeah. she is, she's almost overbearing in her dialogue. And that scene where you're saying, they're like, what do we do? She's like, fuck them, kill them all. They're just Borg. And then stands up and starts blasting. And I could, you know, I could, I could see that making more sense if it was somehow playing off of Jurati in some way but it's not because they don't spend any time together. So they don't have time to discuss this kind of thing. You know, back in the the first episode where seven was the only one who wasn't gung ho in that weird way that everyone else was about making friends with the Borg and maybe the Borg want to join our team and stuff like that. Seven there Mm -hmm. felt realistic, but now as this marches onward, it just seems like I don't know what they're trying to say about her doing that because I don't feel that they're tying it into the Borg are a redemption story in any way. And it's, they're not going to embarrass seven that way. So I don't know what she can, where she can go from this point. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's just really, it's really distracting the way that they, that they handle this stuff. Sticks out. Kill them all. (laughs) They're just Borgs. Yeah. You know, the other thing that stood out to me, is um they continue they continue to hammer home this sung alternate future plot without any real understanding of how this comes to be yeah uh, explanation or understanding i i it. cannot wait until the next episode when hopefully sung's plan is to delay the launch by hitting it with his car <laughs> <laughs> they're not um, they're not going to explain sung Right, they're not going to actually show us this timeline that he somehow takes over because they realize it makes no sense. Yeah. Well, the thing that was killing me about it, right? You've got Sung having these these war of words with Picard where he's like, you know, I've seen, I know the future. I become blah, 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 and I take over. And Picard's only answer is, it's a dictatorship. Yeah. <laughs> it's awful. You kill thousands of people. Yeah. You know what John Luke Picard would probably say? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm referring to this show as Picard. I'm referring to John Luke Picard as the actual character. John Luke Picard would probably relay some story about what the actual Sung family does in the future that he's from as yeah. far as the steps it takes uh, towards... Um, uh, creating uh, positronic life and stuff. Yeah. And he probably would tell him about Data and about how one of his best friends was a creation of a, a legacy of the Sung family who uh, was more human than any any human he ever, you know, that kind of bullshit. Yeah, yeah. But he doesn't. It's all just angry, angry, angry. Whereas Picard has this knowledge of this alternate future. Yeah, a better where, future. Yeah, a better future where the Sung family, though they are not exactly, you, you know, nobody's putting them on a dollar bill or anything. No, but no. Some of them are criminals. Some of them are criminals. Yes, uh, but like ultimately, the future that he's from, the Sung family plays a big part in, in, in a lot of that stuff. Yeah, I would focus and, on Data. I think you're right there. That to, to mention that Data is a creation of this family and that Data is a 
and because data is the kind of thing that this soon is trying to create for whatever reason he's trying to do right. something it, it's like it, it there's a a better version of it out there to prove to him yeah <laughs> and be like and sure he made a second one that was a little bit more violent and bloodthirsty <laughs> but that's not the point <laughs> And sure, his ancestor messed with genetic data and created super soldiers that got set free and and mixed with Klingon blood, but that's not the point either. I will say, uh, Spiner, uh, with his shock white hair at this point, looks great in this episode. Like When he's in the blue, the blue filter and everything, he he looks really really, uh, convincing. (laughs) He looks very... um, Eye-catching, I think it would be the way to describe it. Yeah, I uh, the Soongs. Are we going to see Karen? What's her name? Corey? Corey. Corey. Right? Corey. Are we going like, to see Corey I assume again? we would have to. Is she the, literally is the last just episode like, three hours long? I don't know. She uh, literally just like ran off into the woods. <laughs> she just walked into the ocean, I think. She yeah. just fell off a cliff and wherever yeah. she went. I, I still don't really know why Q let her go. Right? Why did he do that? I have no idea. I don't think she can come back because there's too much to explain about that. You know, I she no. What's going to happen is she's going to show up and she is going to be the one who appeals to Sung not to ram his car into the rocket or whatever. And that's going to work. Yes, of, yeah. I mean, in the show, it's going to work. Yeah. It doesn't work in any narrative good taste, but it it's going to work in the show. What's um. <clears throat> Some people are theorizing on the Discord that Soong's storyline was possibly inserted later as a kind of like a another antagonist to add just because there was too much non-antagonism going on with the Borg Queen and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I I don't I don't think that's actually the case, but it is onto something. It's it's uh it's noticing how inconsequential he is really like he's not even a character that is really being played by the Borg queen because he has something to offer. You know, it's not like she, the the most he gives is these mercenaries, but outside of that, there's nothing he accomplishes that is vital to the story or his, um, like his theme and characterization is worthwhile spending time with. He does feel like he's just kind of plugged in, to create another minor villain that you can have in the show that will fill an episode or two without relying so heavily on the Borg Queen. Because I think, um, as I was saying last episode, I think that the spine of this story is kind of shockingly the Borg story in a way Mm -hmm. that it doesn't feel like the show realizes that that's the central point of what's going on. Um, And Soong is just like a secondary character for that for whatever reason what what did you think i mean soon or otherwise well, about it i think i think the thing with soon is that yeah he's probably there because they need <clears throat> someone who can actually do stuff because the board the board queen is is basically like hamstrung for eight episodes and q may as well not even be in the fucking show for most of it yeah <clears throat> Um, so Sung is this is the only person who has the ability to be active, really, uh, in any meaningful way. Who's the um, most failed villain then of this? The most failed villain? Yeah, who? 
Um, antagonist, I guess, would be a better word. I think it's Q, right? It's got to yeah, be it's Q. Yeah, it's got to be. Unless, unless they find a way to, to, to wrap that whole thing up next episode, it's it's got to be Q. Yeah. Anything... With, with Stuart at the age he is and with the character at the age he is, the only way that you can really make this work is if Q is... That, like... So from a conceptual standpoint of who are you making this for, right? It's strange to me that they are trying to hip Jean-Luc Picard up, really. Because it feels mm-hmm. to me like the char- the people who would be really into seeing a Picard at this point in his life show would be totally fine with Picard and Q sitting in a diner for eight episodes talking to right. each other. Yeah, yeah, totally. I don't know. Rios... Does the La Serena have any <laughs> Megan the Stallion on it? I don't know, Picard. Let me check. Teresa. Have have you heard wet ass pussy? <laughs> That's all I want. Both that and Q, I suppose. Those two things in this, this show. Um I know we have to head out in a little bit. Let's um I don't know. What's where's your head, I, where's your head at here? My head is at I don't. So it's incredibly frustrating that they end this episode with another fucking like riddle uh, about in in order for the the mission to succeed, there must be two Renes, one who dies and one who lives. <laughs> like okay, whatever, guys, go fuck yourself. <laughs> like I I do you have any track on like the only thing I can think of is like both does, timelines. Does, have to exist. That's what I took. Both timelines. Yeah. yeah. So there's um, a good. There's going to be the divergence is going to happen, and both timelines are going to happen because of it. You know. Yeah. You know because we've been, we, the, and what the show has been saying is that one of the timelines was destroyed when the characters went back in time, right? So the way that I think this is going to fix it is that the divergence happens, and both timelines are restored back to normal at that point. And what is what is normal though? Well, normal is the Picard storyline timeline happens so that none of the weird retconning of time travel in TNG era has any problems anymore. Right, right. And the bad timeline is just the bad timeline exists in an alternate universe, and we can we could cross over to it if we wanted to. I don't know then, what the, what the advantage of that is, but it would happen. Yeah, like then what? What are we doing here then? I don't know. I don't know what that proves to anybody, but it just, it just proves that um, it makes the metaphor for two Renes make sense. I guess the message there would be that you have a choice. Like you know, it, it's all this wishy washy fortune cookie shit. It's like yeah, yeah. you have it. You have a you know, if I chose one path, I could go this, and if I went down the other path, I could do this. It's like yeah, I I understand that that is intellectually true and philosophically somewhat interesting, but you are doing your best to make it not interesting and not true at the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, if, if that's the way they go, it really makes me question what the point of any of this was. Are we going to meet the um, amoeba <laughs> that she meets and talks to or whatever it is? I, I hope so. I hope it's, I hope it's like a Lovecraft monster or something. There's just so um, much left to do. They have to meet the amoeba. Well, that's, that's the thing, right? Like where my head is at going into this final episode is like I'm not even it, there's there's a lot of stuff to do like bookkeeping wise, right? Yes. But I don't know what the story is now at this point because the board queen is gone, so she's ostensibly off the board unless she comes back, which she might, who knows. Mm. 
but like as an antagonist, the Borg Queen is gone. So is the only thing that's left to do stop Sung from messing with the launch? That, yes, I, I think so. And like again, to stop how again. exciting is how exciting <laughs> is that going to be? I don't know. <laughs> and then, but then they got to figure out how to get home, which I'm sure is probably going to involve it's Q. What, Q's gonna you think do it's going to be Q? I yeah. thought it was going to be Talon or whatever her name is. But. Oh, I. I think with the you amount think, of time left, it has to be a finger snap from Q, and he fixes. You things. think it's going to be the last thing he does yes. before he dies, or yes. something? Yeah, yeah. So they won't be stuck. The timeline will diverge, and they'll be temporarily in one of the timelines. But Q will send them back to their their correct time in their timeline. That's just my guess. That's my guess. Uh, and so, do you think that the Stargazer sequence that from the first episode is? Jurati crossing timelines. Yes. She, so both timelines, therefore, at that point can exist. And it'll allow her with the new friendly Borg to come over and join oh, God. the Federation. No. Come on. <laughs> like, well, that means in season three, it'll be a war between the friendly, huggy Care Bear Borg and the real Borg. And we'll see what happens. You know, see, the reason that that sucks more than just, just the fact that it sounds terrible is like... As I as I talked about, or as we talked about in the first episode, um, the idea of the Borg, the Federation being open to the Borg joining them, is actually really interesting. Yes, like the fact that the Borg is is been decimated to a point that they are changing their tactics and maybe are willing to play ball or something is really interesting. What's not interesting is getting rid of that Borg and replacing it with the nice Borg. <laughs> <laughs> who is more than happy to 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 join the federation because because Gerardi G- is is the the leader and they're all, she's old friends and they're they're nice now and they only yeah they only assimilate people with missing limbs and yep. who homeless people or something i don't know <laughs> this is this is how they clean up the homeless camps they just assimilate everybody and bring them up into the borg cube or the borg vagina ship and off they go I don't know. That's just my guess. I'm sure I'll be wrong because the show is so unpredictable um, in what it's going to do. But those are the those are the two. <laughs> so, I, my question so or my, is: Go ahead. Is is Q going to snap them back to the Stargazer when the Borg Queen is coming through and everybody's freaking out? And then Picard's going to go, "Wait, wait! I know her. She's my friend." <laughs> and that. Would have to, right? So, we still don't know so who the then, Borg Queen is because that might be Renee Picard or because he's she's the only one yeah. that he said to look up to. Did he not? Well, I mean, he said it to the General Assembly at that speech he did, but but was yes, Girardi he did there? say. I don't think uh, Girardi was there. I don't know. But yeah, it's it could be her. <clears throat> do you think maybe? You don't think that's the thing that she meets, do you? No, that wouldn't make any sense. No, I don't think that makes sense. It, they, I think they've specifically said it's a single-celled organism. The, like, the historical okay. record shows All that. right. I think I know what's going to happen. I think Sung is going to, quote-unquote, kill Renee. Yep. And then I think the Borg Queen is going to pull the old 7 and 9 trick on her and assimilate her. And that's how she's going to die and live. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, that would make sense. And that allows... Yes. 
They could, you could therefore split the timelines at that point with the sort of difference of understanding or whatever it is. Yeah, it's like I think I think so. I th- yeah, I'm I'm thinking. If so, yeah. If Renee Picard ends up in that situation, then like, <clears throat> well, yeah, I don't know how they get back because I was thinking maybe the way that they get back at that point is like they have to use the Borg ship to cross timelines. No, I think they have to. to s- they have to snap back into the Stargazer scene, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I would expect. We'll see with with the new knowledge of everything that they've right. been through. Yeah, yeah. and as you say, Picard just tells everyone to stop and not do the Wait, autodestruct. It's my cousin. Hello, Renee. Renee. Um, what does Ren- does Renee mean anything in French? That would be good to know. But I'm not no. going to look it up right now. Um. I guess we're done. We're close to the end here. We have uh, time to get when out. When they when they first said that that little you know one Renee who lives and one who dies, my first thought was, does Picard have to make sure his nephew gets killed mm-hmm. in order to? He, <laughs> he has to make sure this woman <laughs> goes into space, and then he also has to make sure that his nephew dies horribly in a fire. Or whatever yeah, before he leaves, he should take the bat. There's a scene where he just takes the batteries out of the uh, smoke detector and then beams out of there, and that's the end of Renee. Yeah. That house, man, full of just working old pistols and guns. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, secret Batman behind-the-clock stairways that you can get down yeah. into the basement with. Picard Picard just knew that there was a box with a gun in it that had bullets yeah. in it. Yep. He also, that shoot, he shoots the gun out of the guy's hands and then shoots the lock off the door. <laughs> because life means something to him. Yes. Um, before we go, Ed, I'm disappointed you didn't mention... Uh, your your well known hatred for unnecessary travel, which is all Rios does in this episode, oh, Jesus is he goes yeah. from here to there. He gets stuck there for a minute, and then he comes back, and that's the end of it. Unbelievable. Also, final on point, top of that, why did Soong just, throw the? Why did he tell Soong that the the gun was going to explode when he could have killed question. him? Great question. Great question. Oh my god. I uh, the other <laughs> thing that I thought was fucking hilarious is when uh, it's just. Rafi and Seven staring down 50 fucking Special Forces Borg guys. And they're like, when we get out of this? And she's like, we're not getting out of this. And she's like, I know. We're not getting out of this. And then they disappear, and then they just show up in the ship, and they've got, like, a cut over their (laughs) eye and are kind of dirty. It's like, all right, I guess they just... Killed their way through a bunch of Special Forces guys and made it onto the ship, no problem. Excellent. They did it. All right, patrons. Thanks very much for listening. I apologize. My I I do feel a, a dullness in my my heart uh, for these episodes at this point. And also, also I kind of feel like we're treading water because the same complaints are happening now. This yeah, is our typical yeah. new Trek thing, where like the first five episodes, we we have sort of ideas about what's going wrong, and then after about eight or nine episodes, you're like, ah, who gives a shit? Like this is just going to wrap up, and it's never going to be any better. So I feel like I'm in that sort of state of mind. Do you think that? between the release of the teaser for season three, excuse me, and the fact that they're debuting Strange New Worlds on the same night as the finale, like they know that this season sucks? Yes, I think they know that this is bad. I I would have a hard time thinking if anyone thought that this is good. And what's tangential to that question, here's my question to you. How many, are they going to clear the board with the cast to enable TNG cast to take over in the third season. 
I don't know. Is Rios going to remain in the past? I feel like he. I feel like he probably should. Girardi will be with the Borg. Yeah, Rios will stay back with this. You know, I don't really think that he's earned calling this his family, but it seems that that's what they wanted to do. He can stay there. Yep. Seven will remain because Seven is a brand IP that people care about. Yep. Rafi can fuck off. No one really cares about Rafi. You know know that she's sticking around. You know that she's sticking around. She's sticking around, really? Yeah. Does does that mean Elnor has to stick around, too? Probably. Yeah, I, I would, hope they I would clear the board. I don't. I don't even yeah. care anymore. Like fuck internal integrity or whatever to the show. Just like clear the cast out and bring the other TNG cast on and <laughs> screw up their <laughs> screw up their stories for season. And then call it a day. Yeah, that's the thing that I, that I'm dreading is like I don't know who's writing on this, who wrote on this third season, but like, I God, I hope they hired somebody that knows the voice of these characters because I'm listening to this dialogue and just cringing, thinking about Beverly Crusher or. Jordy saying this yeah, lines like this and I'm just like oh my god <laughs> yeah yeah because Riker Riker comes through Frakes's performance more than anything mm-hmm. I think so he can kind of get away with lines but yeah like Dorn I think Dorn is Worf Dorn is Worf will yeah. be terrible potentially um, we'll see we also don't know how important they're going to well, be maybe, to the story maybe we'll finally get to see him work through the trauma of killing that kid in the soccer game yep yeah really Massage that pain right out of himself. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that was the down. That was the that was one of the low points of DS Nine, and it's still, still a little head and shoulders above this. All right, we're done. Star Trek Picard. That's the ninth episode. It was called Hide and Seek. We'll be back with the final episode next week, whatever it's called, and then Strange New Worlds after that. Um, are you more positive or more negative on Strange New Worlds at this point? I am. I am I am legitimately looking forward to that show because I'm really curious to see what they do with it and if it's if it's by some miracle better um, and I'm just curious to see what the format's going to be and and uh, yeah I'm 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 looking forward to that one um, a lot more than I am the the finale of this one yeah I'm uh, Strange New Worlds I'm interested in the format I think more than anything um, yeah as we talked about before like the the teaser structure they've shown has been interesting to me. Um, like characters actually have a description and a personality, it seems like. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if it um, if it even does somewhat more of a standalone tale of the week type approach. I think I'd be interested in that as opposed to, you know, what Star Trek Picard has pioneered, which is take two episodes of television and stretch it out to 10 and then yes. think that that's something remarkable to do. Yes. All right, we're done. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for supporting the show. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with the finale. See ya.